Hello, good afternoon and welcome to the Full Force Movie News Burst Live Special with me, Christopher McLeod, aka Diagnostic 80, brought to you by General Joe's Reborn.com. I say special, but it's kind of, I mean, live shows, are, I mean, it's just par for the course now, isn't it? In any case, how's everyone doing this uh, fine snowy afternoon out here? It's really snowy, it's, so, it's like five inches outside, Kitty said. Um, anyway, enough of that. Hope you're all doing well. A uh, little bit of news to talk about today. I thought I would, um, I, I thought I would, you know, do take advantage of the fact that I was, uh, you know, on a snow day today. Let's call it. Um, just slid over from nerdrotic for this. Okay, Jedi Ben Wicked. Uh, yes, yeah, so a little bit of news has cropped up, and I thought, yeah, I'll take advantage of that of the day and do a cheeky little one. It's only going to be a, a short um, news burst. Hopefully, I'll be able to get Justin on a, on a, for a longer chat um, as more kind of news develops on this. But it's it's nice that one. I know, like, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into all those details. But the the obviously it's movie related news now. It's of course completely understandable that people are, um, you know, cautious over being too excited about anything involving Lorenzo de Bonaventura with G.I. Joe and Transformers and what have you. I get that. I understand that. Uh, but obviously this is news and I want to talk about it, report on it, and maybe discuss what could come from it as well. Uh, so let's get stuck into this. Anywho, and it gives us an excuse to listen to that cool music again. Bum, 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 sorry, it's just a banger, isn't it? Anyway, uh, <laughs> yes. So, oh, I've gone. I've got ahead of myself. Lols. Um, LDB comments on crossover. Yes. So, obviously, we're talking Transformers GI Joe crossover. Lorenzo Di Bonaventura has been discussing the Transformers GI Joe movie crossover during a press con. Well, presser with or for Madam Web. Um, and he actually was asked the question on a YouTube channel called Phase One. The link is in the description below. Um, it took me a few moments to find the full interview. Um, I, I was originally, um, you know, the news kind of popped up on TFW. So I checked that out. And obviously the video that was on comicbook.com, because that's who was reporting on it, um, they had taken their information from Phase One YouTube interview. So there you go. There's your there's your sources all in one there. TFW, comicbook.com, and originally phase one YouTube channel. So when I was looking at the interview, looking at the videos to see which one it was, it's actually the one where he talks to the whole cast and Lorenzo de Bonaventura. So I've put the link in the description anyway, so you can see that at the time we get asked the question as well about the, um, the G.I. Joe Transformers specifically uh, crossover. So again, it took me a little while, and he doesn't really say a lot either. Um, in fact, um, here he is on phase one um, during the Madam Web presser, and um, this is what he said. This is the full quote um, that he could talk about at the time. The honest truth is I don't know. I know we are going to deliver on the promise we made. So that's nice. At least we know that this is still... A thing because it's it's one of those situations in it sometimes, especially in the movies, where you talk about this one week, there might be another little kind of follow up story the following week. Um, you might get a little bit of conversation about it, and then it just goes absolutely radio silent for months and months and months, and nothing 
pops up, nothing's said. And I mean, usually it's because things are being developed, they're being written, they're being discussed, they're being planned, they're being that they might just be in a holding pattern waiting for other things to, you know, to to uh, to happen elsewhere. So it's it's always, you know, it's one of those things where you're just constantly waiting for things, isn't it? RKW was asked, what did they promise? Good shout. I'll explain what they promised, what that means is anyway, um, what they promised at the end of Rise of the Beasts. Now, if you've been living under a rock and you weren't aware of the uh, the end of Rise of the Beasts, I'm sorry, there's a bit of a spoiler alert here, but G.I. Joe is heavily crossed over in the movie. So Michael Kelly is talking to, as in Michael Kelly, the, the actor, um, I don't know what <coughs> agent, what's his, what agent name was he? I've forgotten his agent name. Agent Burke, is it? Or I think it's Burke. Agent Burke is talking to Noah Diaz, who is um, the the uh, character in The Rise of the Beasts, who at the end of the film, he's trying to get a, a job. He's going for a job interview, basically, uh, what looks to be some sort of uh, shipping company or like, you know, just, just some sort of standard company. And um, at the end, um, he's talking to Noah Diaz and um, he, he doesn't really let on that he's G.I. Joe initially and uh, Noah doesn't really know what's going on. And then he offers him the, the, the chance to join the, the team that are fighting. Doesn't say the name of anything, doesn't say anything like that. He just hands him a business card, walks to the back of the room, the, the wall opens up and he en disappears into a very high tech looking, um, uh, you know, kind of warehouse kind of hidden behind them kind of thing. He disappears and then, and then Noah's just left there with a business card standing looking at a wall going, what the hell just happened? Where do I go now? And did I get the job? Probably not. Or I probably have got a job, just not in the shipping company that I thought I was getting a job with. So that is effectively what they're talk what he's talking about when he says deliver on the promise we made. He's talking about the end of Rise of the Beasts, basically. Now, the other thing, a couple of points to kind of bring up here, first of all, is the fact that in, in terms of like G.I. Joe, and for a lot of, you know, examples of poor Transformers product as well, movie-wise. Um, Lorenzo de Bonaventura doesn't have the strongest track record. Um, but he's, I mean, this is where the property is at. This is where the brand is being controlled. So, you know, in, in terms of films. So this is kind of what we have to work with uh, at the moment. So that's kind of out of our control completely, isn't it? Now, the next point, is you know you, again you can't you can't guarantee quality at the end of the day the end of rise of the beasts was okay i enjoyed it um it was better much much better watch than the last few transform apart from bumblebee because i enjoyed bumblebee as well but the last few transformers movies i just thought were freaking awful the last few actually you can count probably the third one onwards i think this like the second one was, was actually, honestly, it's really just the first one I enjoyed. And then everything following that is just a little bit of a struggle. And it just seems to get worse and worse as the franchise moves on. Bumblebee, I thought, was a real, really good move. I really enjoyed it. Really loved what they did with it. Um, I loved the cast. And yeah, I really thought that was like a, a step up. But even if it wasn't, you know, a step up in the box office, you know, but um, Rise of the Beasts was definitely like a, in my opinion, again from from a from a 
viewing standpoint and enjoyment standpoint, it was a step above, uh, what was it? What was the last one? Age of Extinction, whatever the last one was called. Um, I don't think it was Age of Extinction, the last mainline one, was it? It was, um, I forget what it was. Anyway, I, I think I, I felt like it was a, you know, a critical step up, not a, obviously a, from a um, successful point of view. Now, we have also, we, we talk about crossover movie as well, but I think what they're planning, look what I'm planning, is that um, they're going to incorporate G.I. Joe into the next Transformers film. That doesn't mean it's going to, it's not going to be Transformers versus G.I. Joe, et cetera, et cetera, or Transformers slash G.I. Joe, or whatever you want to say in terms of a crossover film. It will be a Transformers movie for, first and foremost with G.I. Joe elements sprinkled in maybe like the 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 slow build origins of what and how gi joe have, have kind of come to being so that is effectively what their plans are now um i mean the other i mean i've already talked about lorenzo duonaventura's kind of track record in the gi joe and transformers quality of films but i know a lot of people are, talk, are like you know not having strong um uh the word? Don't have strong confidence in Madam Web either from what they've seen so far. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I would also say, Wilfred, I know Madam Web isn't expected to do well. I get that kind of vibe. I wonder how much of that is... I mean, the trailer was pretty hilarious, wasn't it? There was that uh, comment that Dakota Johnson says in, in the trailer where it's like... It, it's just so funny. It's like she was a she was a, like a spider scientist. It's just one of that, that, that funny, like, it's written really weirdly. Um, I'm not expecting great things from Madam Web, but I will, I will probably see it. Um, the thing is, though, with that, like I said, the, I'll, I'll, I'll reserve judgment until I see it. But again, I don't think the confidence is very strong on um, what, you know, is being produced at the moment from, um, from these companies, from this particular company, at least. Um, this is Sony, isn't it? I've got the um, uh, this particular side of the Spider-Verse. Uh, De Bonaventura needs a court order to be kept 100 miles from G.I. Joe. He has no idea, says Braden. Um, yeah, like, again, unfortunately, we don't have... This is the thing, isn't it? You don't kind of control who has control over the over the brand in the, in, in the film scenario. It's a shame that the whole E1 sort of thing didn't kind of, you know... Didn't, didn't work out at the end of the day because I think if they'd have had like an in-house studio, which is easier said than done, let's face it, um, I think we could have been, yeah, I think you could have had more control, uh, you know, the, the Hasbro would have had more control over it. But then having said that, you know, are they necessarily the ones to, that, that will give us a decent movie? You don't, I mean, it's hard to say, isn't it? Probably not at the end of the day. Uh, should we trust this guy with Hasbro Films? Last I checked, Madam Web is not doing very well in sales. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, again, I just just talked about it with the Madam Web thing. Uh, Madam Web thing. Um, not sure how much of that is down to poor marketing because again, I think um, we don't know what the film's going to be like really, and it could be really good. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, if they do a crossover movie, I hope it's not based on Earth, says RKW. I like the thought of being, you know, a little bit more kind of out there, you know, maybe Star Brigade, um, Space Force, that kind of vibe. 
But that's that said, um, I do like the thought of them just sprinkling in incorporations of it rather than just slamming it in there. And now we've got a crossover sort of thing. I like the I like this is the first time that I've actually agreed with them in a in a sort of like direction when it's like. Yeah, ne we're not going to just do a crossover films next. It's going to be another Transformers movie. We're going to do this. We're going to do. We're going to do the Avengers style build up um, with GI Joe, and I think that's probably the right way to go about it if they're going to do it at all. Which it looks like they are. Now he could have said, "The honest truth is, I don't know," and we'll see how it goes. But he didn't. He didn't say that. He said, I know we are going to deliver on the promise we made. So that is like, to me, that is like, if we take it, like, we take all the talk about what we expect quality-wise, what we expect from, you know, a G.I. Joe kind of incorporated Transformers sort of setup. If we focus on this particular comment and, and talk about it from a perspective of, is this going to happen or not? I think this is a very positive, like, Com this is a very this is a comment that that leads me to believe they're not effing around and they will do go ahead and really start doing this for real. I mean, I, if if you didn't need more evidence of that, that last scene in the Rise of the Beast, which isn't it's not an end credit scene, it's not a post credit a mid credit scene, yeah, it's not a post credit scene, it's not a mid credit scene. It is a it's the end of the film. It's like literally you're still in the runtime before credits hit. So that to me is way more purposeful than a forgettable throwaway sort of, you know, I'm not saying that post credits are uh, not important or they're a bit throwaway, but they have been known to be in the past. Some things have happened in post credit scenes that we've never seen the likes of in the future. Um, RKW, that's another good point. Um, so obviously Lorenzo de Bonaventura is the producer, not the director. So this assumes he remains the producer, I think is what you mean there. Or are you talking about the director on Rise of the Beasts? Because that is another good point as well. That Because I think he's driving it just as much. Um, he's as excited about this prospect of the Transformers G.I. over as uh, Lorenzo de Bonaventura is, even though I would say that LDB has been pushing it away a little bit for a fairly decent amount of time. Um Brother Malachi says, I am concerned he might speed up the crossover too fast and not give the two franchises time to build separately because he won't know when his contract will expire. Good point. Um, I, I think, like I said, I think the fact that they're not doing, they're not jumping into a Transformers G.I. Joe crossover in the next film is a good indication of the long game here. And um, I, I think, like, you know, a post credit scene on this movie, great, Rise of the Beast, done. And the next one, you start like, you know, maybe there's certain characters that you don't know until maybe later on in the film. Oh, and that it's this is a there's a GI Joe here. This is what it is. There's a thing here. It's it's developed. It's grown. It's built into something. And then you're kind of revealed um, a little bit about it in the film. But it's not the focus. It's more of a, you know, vehicle for some of the military, effectively. Um, I, I mean, Miguel, they have done like the military crossover with the first Transformers movie. And I really, I love that movie. <laughs> I, I'm into that. I like that first Transformers film. I thought it was a good balance. It was a good blend of humor, of action. Uh, the CGI was pretty cool. 
and some of the transformers were amazing and even though some of the designs were a bit annoying and i don't like that kind of spiky look in the loads and loads and loads of you know art points of articulation like you know was it 30 something thousand points of articulation sort of scenario then um yeah there was a lot of good stuff about that first movie but um it just became a parody of itself in the second third fourth fifth sixth and etc cetera, etc cetera. um how many transformers movies do we need as many as people keep going to watch i guess although it is getting to that point where they i feel like they have to do something much a, a lot different i thought bumblebee was a great direction to go in again it wasn't though the problem was with bumblebee it wasn't a huge it wasn't a huge you know box office hit um it did okay but it didn't you know blow the doors off it certainly didn't come anywhere near uh, what the crappiest Transformers movie. And again, I say the crappiest, like critically the worst. Um, it came nowhere near that. Um, and I, I think that there's that, that other aspect of, of the other thing, the, sorry, the other elephant in the room with this is how movie going experiences have changed. COVID was a, was a game changer. It, it was already going down a certain path before COVID happened, but COVID really changed the game because it forced people to be like, right, I'm just gonna stream everything and stay in, watch net, complete Netflix, and then complete, I don't know, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, uh, whatever whatever you had, Paramount Plus, uh, all of them. All of them? Um, and then, yeah, you'd, you, it completely was a game changer and i think it's had an effect even now um i don't think movie going audiences are anywhere near what they used to be so i th i don't know i think it might be a good it, it's it's probably a good thing that it's probably a better thing if they try a different direction with with the movies and just go with it um yes but i honestly think one film a piece for each franchise is enough before the big jump um, at least in the first live-action attempt for G.I. Joe, the organization started small. Absolutely, brother. Um, sad thing is Bayformers was a better G.I. Joe series than Transformers. <laughs> the, the, first, uh, the first one was. The rest of it's awful. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, let's talk about that as well. Another example where I think they went too fast was the Snake Eyes film. They crammed too much story into one film, no breathing to it. I mean, one of the main problems, I think, with the Snake Eyes film is the fact that the protagonist, Snake Eyes, the one that you're supposed to absolutely love, fall in love with, be well behind, and just be like, you know, feel for them, feel the pain, feel the tra tragedy, all that kind of stuff. You don't feel it for him. You, you go from, you know, obviously it's really sad when he's a kid and, the, and he loses his dad. That's awful. And you can see him like... But it, it, it goes from like sadness to just aggression and anger immediate almost immediately and i feel like there's no there was no period of like time in that space of him growing up to be snake eyes none of that was was looked at or developed it was like let's cut straight to adult snake eyes i understand why that is the case but it doesn't allow you to see any of his life growing up how he how he goes from that point to you know, like to, to surviving, basically. Where does he go? What does he do? How does he do it? Um, 
you know, he, he seems like, like as a child in that film at the start, he seems grossly underprepared for what life is about to throw at him. And that's obviously one way of becoming a certain way personality wise, of course. But like there was no development into how he became that way. On top of that, the film does not ever, I don't think, redeem Snake Eyes. I don't think he ever redeems himself as a character. It's so late in the game when he, um, like, you know, literally um, screws them over. He should have been stealing that rock early on. And then, then it should have been a case of he realizes his mistake. He, the, the, you know, he comes back to the clan. They, you know, they talk, talk it through. They rectify it. Storm Shadow is maybe annoyed that he's been taken back in despite his transgression early on. And then it's like the phase of him kind of becoming, you know, snake eyes. And then you get that kind of clash growing with Storm Shadow. And then at the end, there's the big battle where you don't feel as though Snake Eyes has immediately destroyed the Arashikage like he does at the end of the movie. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he gets die goes straight into it. Um and like you like he you know, right at the end of the film, he he, ta he he takes his revenge, or he doesn't take his revenge then. He he doesn't actually do what he wanted to do or if, was planning to do, but he gives up the um you know the the MacGuffin and then straight away the Arashikage wiped out almost immediately the whole place is is destroyed and then he comes back and then they fight a little bit and then it's like Storm Shadow gets it in the neck um for wanting to wipe out Kenta which I don't think was a bad idea honestly anyway um yeah and then I just feel like it, it just falls short in those areas because of the structure of the film the way it was written and yeah, like I don't really, uh, you know, I kind of, I, I have watched that film and like when I first saw the film, I was really excited. I got to see it, you know, advanced, very advanced because I was doing a lot of press for it and I was really like, I was buzzing. Um, when I came out of it, I definitely thought to myself, I don't think, you know, I enjoyed it, but the shortcomings. And I also came out of it thinking, I don't think the fandom are gonna, are gonna take to this. And I didn't really know exactly why or how that was going to be the case until it all started coming out after the fact. Watched it again and was like, oh, yeah. And you start seeing things. Do you know what I mean? You start seeing certain aspects of the film and you go like, that, that's a problem, that's a problem, that's a problem, that's a problem. And that was the case for, um, for a number of points in the film. And again, I think the structure, the, the writing had a lot to do with it i think like the other the other problem i have with the film as well i'll get to some of your comments in a second sorry guys i you know one um it's it's funny i really love henry golding but i did not like his character snake eyes um you know i really liked akiko i really liked storm shadow i ended up like actually thinking like yeah screw this storm shadow you leave and just and kick off man you you know that's not right and um i thought scarlet was really like just not 100% necessary like she's she jumps in at the end like it just felt like really why is she on her own heli lifted in dropping into the Arashikage knowing there's a battle on and that it's just her they've, they've dropped in there that made it made no sense that part and it was very it almost felt like 
you know, in some things like sellotaped instead of glued, you know, like it, it just felt like a like a weird, like temporary sort of like throw it, you know, not really thought about sort of throw it in there sort of vibe. And I'd like to have seen more of um, more of Scarlet, hundred um, percent. I thought Baroness was really good though. I liked her character, how she played her, um, and but yeah, but there's, there's it was some weird stuff. Anyway, I. Yeah, like I said, I came out of that, saw it a couple of times afterwards and was like, yeah, and then felt that after a while I realized, that, yeah, there's a, there's a structural problem here because you get to the end of the film and Snake Eyes is not redeemed and yet everyone's like, you can be on the G.I. Joe team, your dad was a Joe and everything's cool and you're fine, here's a Snake Eyes costume, go and get Tommy back. It's like, what? Why is everyone kissing his butt all of a sudden? He didn't do anything other than, you know, turn back and fought some of the bad guys off a little bit but not much anyway um sorry i'm just multitasking um yeah so not very well obviously so yeah and i just uh that yeah anyway so that that was my issue and, and something that you mentioned there uh, earlier in the comment i can't remember what it was you said actually now um yeah, cram too much story into one into one film, brother. And I, I kind of agree. With, I feel like there wasn't it wasn't that. I feel like oh, the other aspect I wasn't. Um, I, I think was they went wrong with. They didn't go full on sci-fi. It was like real life grounded, and then there were these random weird sci-fi mystery elements. And it's like you kind of either lean into it or you don't bother because or you make it very subtle. And yet we had floating rocks. We had snakes giant snakes that you know sensed honor and when you lied about things it just it was like and then the you know all of the i i wish if i really wish they'd looked at it as like a science meets the arishkagi clan and all of the the weird sci-fi stuff was actually just like you know explained away by technology and i think that would have been a cool way to do it you know like um you know that the the kind of scene where he kind of sees his dad and talks about his dad maybe that was like drug induced um that kind of thing do you know what i mean like I, I just feel like stuff like that would have been it would have been better for the story and for the universe that they built but it, it wasn't um the first transformers movie with josh duhamel was basically an unofficial joe crossover it kind of was wasn't it rachel i wish they'd just given them the gi joe names uh, just given them some code names not say gi joe not say you know just say a secret government organization and they could have you know like a special ops team and it's like you know friggin duke and flynn and things like that it would have been great it would have been great um i don't think this crossover can work unless they actually turn these last two transformers films into a reboot instead of them being prequels i also don't like them being stuck in the past now uh, yeah I, I feel that too i mean i i did like again i like the fact that we're seeing like periods and growth and and you know kind of going into a certain direction i was i don't know i quite like that i do like the um you know when's the next one what's the next one going to be like the the 2000s the early 2000s probably um uh the main problem i had with snake eyes film was that they used western cinematographers to film japanese coordinated fights that was a seriously bad decision actually diana what the, what i yeah I, they i feel like they got all these people in brilliant brilliant people to do the fight scenes and then just screwed it up completely with how they filmed it. Exactly what you're saying, basically, there. But, yeah, like, um, you know, the, the shaky cam stuff for when there were fights happening, and you're like, no, I want to see these fights. I want to see this done properly. Um, you know, for example, like, 
you know, if you watch Warrior, that is well, I think it's come to an end now. I don't think there are any more seasons in the in the in the in the works, which is really sad. But that was a great show um, with um, Andrew Koji, who I adore, by the way. I think he is just freaking awesome. He's great in that. I thought he was great as Storm Shadow. I know he'd never reprise his role, but I tell you now, I'd have him in a heartbeat for Storm Shadow. He is perfect for Storm Shadow. Um, I just want to see him in a digital camo um, version two uh, costume. That would be so sweet. Anyway, yeah, um, I think G.I. Joe... Should be a 60s, 80s period piece, to be honest, starting with Snake and Nam with Shadow. That's the whole first film. The second film is him going to see the Arashikage after his family dies. I mean, yeah, it's effectively, you, you, you know, you're just describing what we've had with Marvel, uh, a real American hero and so on and so forth, which is, you know, I think not, it wouldn't be a bad way to, to go about it. But I think also, if you're talking about wanting a big audience to see it now, um, putting it that far back might you know, not interest or intrigue a lot of people, um, you know, like who don't really have the same feeling of that kind of era as, you know, a lot of our generation do. Um, other than that, I just think of it as a Sumbo Snake Eyes and imagine we get more backstory and redemption later. Nice. Um, I kind of wish they'd gone full Sunbow on it. Like, just go full Sunbow. Let's do let's do something really wacky. I'd, 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 I would love to see multiple media points for G.I. Joe. I'd love to see... You know, we've got the comics, and they are phenomenal at the moment. I'm telling you now, like, I am all in on the Energon universe. I'm all in on the Real American Hero run currently. I am a skybound simp. <laughs> so I'm, like, totally all over um, skybound right now. Now, in terms of, like, I think animation would be great. I'd love it if they did a continuation of the Sunbow series. Um, as if, you know, like following on from the movie. Not as if Deke doesn't exist, but sort of if Deke doesn't exist. Um, I'd like them to do something like that. I think that would be really fun to do. And if not, can we get that blooming Saturday morning uh, adventures sort of vibe uh, from the IDW we're doing? Can we get that with Skybound, please? Because I would love that to continue. That was such a good miniseries. It needs to be happening all the time. Um Anyway, yeah, so, you know, uh, so an animation would be fun. And then I think a live TV shit series, series, a live TV series, I think would be would be awesome. And we've seen some, I mean, I've, you know, you just have to, I'm not saying they have to be like super adult and proper like gritty or whatever. Because obviously SEAL Team is pretty, you know, uh, hardcore for that. But I, I, that's a really good show. Um, I think the last series is in development now, isn't it? Uh, but that is, that's one I really enjoy um what an real sad last episode though so far um what was the other one um i was thinking of oh that uh, lioness oh that was so good that was the the lioness um show that was actually one of those shows i was talking to justin about it felt like it it lined up really well with the uh the, the development of the lady j series and we were just thinking i wonder if you know some ideas or some uh, you know, copy like some treatments have maybe made their way that in that direction, but no, it's probably not that case. Uh, either way, um, it was it was an interesting thing to talk about and something that I thought, yeah, would be a great like GI Joe premise if they were to do a Lady J focused sort of series. Um, yeah, problem with modern entertainment: unlikable characters, whether on purpose or by accident. Absolutely. Um, spot on notes on the movie, Chris. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. 
Uh, the problem is that, like, they've never told a story in the history of the line that worked. It's like, have you not seen the entire line of story possibilities in the comics? There's a good point there, honestly, Jedi Ben. There's there's a lot. I think I, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of um, good storytelling in the GI Joe universe, 100 percent, that could be done in a movie capacity. I, I I agree with that. It's almost like I feel like I just wish sometimes they just get it over with, do it, and if it's successful, great. Everyone was right. And if it wasn't, then they can say, well, we did we did it that way and it didn't work. So, you know, uh, they could at least get it done and out of the way um, rather than kind of keep going down these kind of like these these roads that don't seem to really generate much in the way of uh, anything other than, well, we got the rock in it or, you know, we 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 got um, Christopher Eccleston as Destro or, you know, do you know what I mean? Like. It, it, the movie shouldn't just be. It shouldn't just be, like Matt Damon isn't a plot point, as I once heard uh, a good friend of mine say. Mike, um, shout out to Mike Irizarry. Matt Damon is not a plot point, and that's what happened sort of in the Inception. Or, or not Inception, sorry, Interstellar. Which I've got to say, I I I I love what I love the point. I thought it was really funny, but I still love that movie. And don't really, you know, I think the fact that he is Matt Damon is just a nice little additional shock value when the guy appears in that. Yeah. But anyway, if you haven't seen Interstellar, I apologize for spoiling it. But um, yeah, that particular aspect uh, is kind of like a side point. But yeah, the Perfect Snake Eyes movie was written in issues 26 and 27. It was a pretty good story. Um, you destroyed our clan and got our air banished. Here's a motorcycle and a ninja suit. Exactly, Rachel. Andrew Koji was excellent at Storm Shadow. I'd like to see more, but in a rebooted, better movie. I, don't, I genuinely don't think he'd ever reprise his role, but I'm with you on that. I, I would love to see Andrew Koji returning, and I think he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Clothesline Media. Okay, this is totally cool. I get the critique of Snake Eyes movie, but I actually liked it. I suspect if it was made the same summer of 08, people would have enjoyed it. Uh, this is such a great time for adults who grew up with the 80s, uh, sorry, on 80s and 90s. I'm grateful we are all still enjoying this stuff. And that is totally like, you know, I enjoyed it too. This is the this is the thing. I think my my enjoyment of it has soured over the years because of the way it's been, you know, um discussed as a fandom. Um and and again, I totally understand that why people don't like it. Because, you know, after a while I've seen you know, you feel it's hard to watch now because of the connotations of the poor success, um, you know, and the way it's kind of been taken by the fans. Do you know what I mean? So, like, uh, but I agree. If you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I watched Warrior because of Koji Stormy and really enjoyed it. Great show. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Kong Skull Island made it work. Oh, Bill Pope. Right, yeah. I, I love that movie too, actually. I really, really enjoyed Kong Skull Island. Um, I actually really like the way SE film showed off Japan. And if it's true that Paramount is getting to make a movie based on the Yakuza games, that they put that part of the SE team on it. Yeah, again, I think um, I think there were certain aspects of the film I really liked. Um, but then there were some parts that I thought felt and looked low budget. Um, and I feel like they could, you know they put all that work into the fights and you know the fight scenes and training the team and all those amazing videos we were seeing i was getting so excited for the fight scenes and it really didn't it didn't deliver on that on that side of things at all um 
Oh, Diana says, you know, I did try. Now, talk, this is talking about the uh, cartoon-based Sunbow uh, miniseries for comics, right? But Skybound wanted a clean break from IDW. That's interesting. Interesting. Um, okay, that's fair enough. In that case, let's get a, let's get a Sunbow cartoon going then, please, and thank you. Um, I I agree with them. I agree with that too, Diana. It's a, you know, you want to do it your own way. It makes sense. Um, a live TV series in the style of Stargate SG One would be perfect for GI Joe. Would be pretty cool, actually. TJMB, yes. Um, Matt, this is another good point. This is another thing that came up today. Hey, Chris, I saw your post about Hasbro profits being down again and then planning on cutting $750 million. Real disappointing to hear that, that and I hope there is not a huge amount of layoffs. I'm afraid that's what I was insinuating, Matt, on my post. When I said this does not bode well, um, a few people were commenting, yeah, but they haven't, you know, it's not, it looks like G.I. Joe's still doing well. And I'm like, yeah, but this isn't, this is about them cutting as much as they can you know, in a short period of time, and they are not good at, um, you know, keeping employees on during moments like this. So very concerned at the moment that that this new kind of news will lead into, it's almost like I feel like their, their PR department put these stories, you know, out like this, so that it gives them an excuse to, to, you know, so it doesn't, it takes some of the edge off the layoffs news later on which they don't really ever like um, broadcast necessarily. It usually sneaks out on some sort of local um, article sort of scenario, like on the Providence Journal or like um, maybe Yahoo Business sometimes, Yahoo Finance. But like it usually doesn't get press released. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they're, they're telling everyone, telling the world they just laid loads of people off. You have to kind of do some digging for that. So again, yeah, I'm just a little bit concerned about, you know, friends and, and what have you and people that work there and the team. And you're just hoping that, you know, it doesn't necessarily lead to that straight away. Lioness highly recommended, says Johnny. Uh, just have David Boreanaz as uh, Boreanaz as um, Hawk in G.I. Joe, says Jedi Ben. Yes. Um, what was his name in the Buffy series? Was it Angel? Was he Angel? Yeah, he's great in in SEAL team. Um, I think doing Dreadnoughts as a TV show would work for them as an entry point. To that would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, let's have a movie that starts towards the end of World War II with the Red Shadows discovering Energon. Okay, you you had me at hello. <laughs> um, da, 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 da. But Matt Damon is Lieutenant Falcon. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, Clothesline Media says, everyone always talks about modernizing the story, but I think Joe's Transformers and even Batman work better as period pieces. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, the proof is in the in the, the pudding there because they worked at the, that, that stage in time and have very rarely worked since. I mean, they, they have worked in different capacities, um, but um, in terms of, like, media, it, yeah, it's like, it, it, it does seem like, one thing seems to work more than the rest. And Deke does exist, I know, but I'm kind of thinking about I want to I want a continuation of the Sunbow series so we can get more Sunbow style stories. Uh anyway. Um a Sunbow cartoon that picks up immediately post the movie would be so much fun, like time travel back to 1988. Yeah. Just a few little like like maybe some just interim mini story kind of missions would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Um yes, Matt Damon is too pretty to be Falcon at the moment. Um, 
Ving Rhames, that guy who was Zeus in the WWE, or the guy from the Green Mile should be Roadblock, not The Rock. Rock was just there because famous. Rock felt like a, yeah, that felt like the, you know, Matt Damon is not a plot point sort of situation. I mean, it was it was The Rock that people were going to go and see there. Um, and then the other five people were going because it was a G.I. Joe movie. <laughs> um, how about a movie that picks up post-Pyramid of Darkness? I'm down. This sucks for Hasbro because Disney controls most of licensing. That may be why Hasbro new board slogan is fewer, better, bigger. Um, possibly, Josh, yeah. Anyway, that's the news for today. Let's quickly... Uh, I just like listening to this music, so I'm going to transition. Bam, bam. Bam, bam. Um, anywho, yes, I will. That is it. That's it for today. And the news burst, the movie news burst. Um, I, I'm hoping to get, um, I'm, I'm going to see if Justin can ever do some lives and maybe we'll just start doing live movie news bursts when we can. Um, but yeah, obviously, um, his availabilities is like one hour a week. <laughs> it's usually when I'm not available. Um, so we'll try and get some stuff going on that one. Um, and hopefully we'll get more movie news burst in the future as well. So uh, in summary, in summarization, um, Lorenzo de Bonaventura has commented very, very briefly, link in the description, obviously, if you want to check out the interview. Um, you can, yeah, sorry, Matt, you full forced it a little bit early there. I'm kidding. It's fine. You can full force it whenever you want. Um, I, I'm happy to, I'm happy to have full forces at any point during the show. It doesn't have to be at the end. All right. Um, so yeah, he's a very brief comment about the movie trans, the Transformers GI Joe movie crossover, um, and saying that they will, they will almost certainly be uh, delivering on their promise uh, of this crossover in some way, shape, or form. So I should, yeah, I just I'll tell Justin it's Sigma Six related um, information, Rachel. Yeah, I'll do that. So yeah, we've got uh, some Sigma Six movie news. He'll be like, I'm there. Let's do it now at this moment before I've done any graphics for it. Yes, okay. Um, so yeah, um, that kind of keeps, well, it keeps the, the hopes alive that we're going to see G.I. Joe, um, on film again at some point, which is whether, whether, it, whether it's crap or not, at least I can be excited for the buildup of it. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'll be back actually, Kit, uh, not Kitty, Arnie said, um, I was thinking of uh, obviously doing this unboxing a little, maybe later tonight. Uh, we'll see if I can uh, squeeze that in tonight um i'm probably going to go off now to shovel some snow um but i will oh well i'll use a snowblower it's fine but um i will be back like i said uh, either with shockwave or with some uh with some new news new news in the future so stay fresh cheese bags um and as always after three matt's already done it but we can all do it together now and matt can do it again one two three Full force cue music. That's it for this installment of the Full Force Movie News Burst. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe. See you next time, and as always, full force.
Make sure you get involved with the discussion by liking, sharing and commenting on these videos and as always you can keep up with the show after listening by following on X, formerly Twitter, at The Full Force, liking the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Full Force. We've also added a brand new Instagram so check us out there as well at The Full Force Podcast and if you would like to contact the show you can message us on any of those platforms with feedback and questions. We also have a Patreon page so if you want to show your support for the show, see your name up in lights on these videos or enjoy exclusive bonus content then check out patreon.com forward slash the full force podcast or click on the link on any of the posts this podcast appears in full force